in our Indian communities, there's this kind of fetishization almost of the skinny, tall, thin, female, fair-skinned body. Raksha, you and I both grew up in a couple of different communities with their own perspectives on body and beauty and and self-image. But we also have different experiences, me being a guy, of course, and you being a girl, and how you know some beauty standards, actually a lot of different beauty standards are, are quite different when it comes to the genders. So I think this is a pretty interesting conversation that we've both been looking forward to. We couldn't we couldn't really do it justice last season, so we, it kind of got on the back burner, but I'm glad this is one of the first topics where we're able to explore this season. So in today's conversation, the first thing I wanted to really try and try and get at is what both of our experiences were growing up. As far as I can remember, we have both been fairly big kids and adults, right? Yeah. So it's not something that we kind of grew into in as teenagers or as adults. We were big for as far as I think we can both remember. Right. Um, so I, I wanted to hear your thoughts. What was it like growing up as a as a bigger child? What kind of experiences did you have? First of all, you know it. We were excited to talk about this topic because this is something we were discussing for so long last season too. And this is a shared experience in some way that we have, but with yeah. very different perspectives. Definitely. Honestly, like growing up in a very small community in Zambia, especially being a bigger girl, honestly, when I look back, I don't ever remember being a small person ever. I'm talking seven or eight years old. And I remember being the tallest girl in my class not tallest but one of more, one of the more taller girls and also bigger and I wouldn't say I was the biggest but I would say I was bigger in comparison to also all of my Indian peers and friends I think all of my Indian friends were always really really small and petite and I was just really tall and big and it was really hard being a big kid in a small community. I think I think the pressures were felt more by my mom because, hmm. you know, people would walk over to my mom, especially the Indian aunties in our community and say, hey, you know, is she on a diet? Is she uh, eating healthy? And I think my mom felt a lot of that pressure, which would kind of fall back on me because my mom would tell me not to eat certain things. And I think she meant really she meant well, obviously, but. As a kid, you felt rebellious that I'm not eating anything that's crazy that you're telling me not to eat. And I think that really affects you growing up. So I really remember just being that big kid, but I was part of sports. I did normal things. I was, you know, I enjoyed having a normal childhood, but there was always this thing of, hey, you are a big kid. And I remember going on a diet, this really crazy diet called Sure Slim when I was 12 mm. years old. And I wasn't even that heavy, but I would have to measure out like 100 grams of carrot and 50 grams of rice or whatever it is and eat these small portions. Imagine being 12 years old. That's crazy. And, yeah. And having to go on this crazy diet mm -hmm. that just, I think, made me have a really terrible relationship with food and, you know, wanting to be more rebellious with my with my parents and saying, what the hell is this? I really don't want to be on this diet. Do you remember how, how young you were when aunties would come up to your mom and ask ask whether you're going on a diet or, you know, basically commenting on your your body? I would say when I turned 10. I think until that oh, point, wow. everybody would, everyone would tell my parents, oh, she's so cute, but only until a certain age. You know, yep. you're only cute and big until you're a certain age. After that, it's like, whoa, she's really big. Yeah. And yep. You know, when I look back on it, I wasn't crazy big. That's what frustrates me. I will say later on when I went to college, you know, I had a really unhealthy relationship with food because of all the stuff that I went through when I was younger. Mm. And that's when I gained a lot of weight. But mm. up, up until I was at home, until I was 18, I was bigger. But I wasn't I wouldn't say like I, I flipped over onto the other extreme. Like yeah. that was later on in my life. 
But, you know, it was so frustrating because I remember my mom also feeling really sad for Mm. me because she would say, you know, she was like, don't eat too much when you go out. Everyone's noticing how much you're eating. Mm. And I would say I'm eating the same amount as my friend who is really skinny, you know, but they would notice how much I'm eating. People would comment about me eating two uh, samosas versus my friend would have also had the same two two samosas, but they would comment about me eating the two samosas. And I think when you're really young, it's very... It's traumatic. It, yeah, it's very traumatic. That's yeah. that's the word. It's very traumatic. And I remember when I was really young, my mom would say, okay, I'm going to feed you at home. You're going to eat your dinner. When you go out to these parties, just make sure you don't eat a lot. Like you're going to just pretend to eat. Mm-hmm. So you're not taking a lot of food. And wow. it's confusing. It's really confusing because why don't I get to eat all the good food? You know, mm-hmm. I, why do I have to eat the home food? You know, for our our communities, food is a huge part of like how we interact with each other. And, right. you know, when, when we have certain ceremonies or, or events, food is a thing that brings us all together. So I can imagine as a child, you're excited to go eat, you know, all these dishes that our South Indian moms don't make at home. Things like all, all the paneer stuff, paneer. all the malai <laughs> stuff, you know, all the yep. North Indian restaurant food. And I, I can just imagine being a kid feeling like, damn, I can't go out and enjoy good food that you don't really eat every day. Yeah. And I can also imagine the impact it has on your parents. I think our communities already have this sense of everything that our kid does is a reflection of our parenting style and our parenting skills. Yeah. And so to think that your mom had to kind of hear from so many people that they had an issue or they had an opinion about how big you were or how you ate or how you behaved that that seems like it could have it it would have also had an impact on on her right and when I look back at it I think about it when I was 10 years old my mom was 30 Mm. so she is as old as I am today you know it's a lot you have a 10 year old you're 30 years old you're trying to figure yourself out yeah you're also trying to figure out this kid and it's probably was confusing for her honestly Mm. I've never asked her and I would love to sit down and ask her how she felt but it was a reflection all the all the pushing she was getting, yeah, it was a reflection on me. I don't think anyone walked up to my dad and told him anything. Mm, that's but a, a lot fair of pe- point, yeah. You yeah. know, a lot of people walked up to my mom and told her what they thought. Interesting. And as I grew older, people would now directly approach me. I was about to ask, how, how, did these uncles and aunties or, you know, random people come and approach you and ever tell you or or pass comments about, about your body and your weight? Yeah, all the time. I mean, there was no, there was no filter. filter. There was no filter. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely no filter. They would just walk up to me and be like, you should eat less. But you know what, Barth? What's crazy? And I think you, you and I have talked about this, but mm-hmm. it's not that we're sitting at home and eating the whole time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's literally not that. I yeah. used to eat the same amount as any normal kid would. In fact, yeah. maybe less because you're already, everyone's watching what you're eating anyways. Right, so right. You choose to eat less anyways. I don't know why I was gaining weight. And later on, I figured out it could be hormonal. It could be whatever it was. And people always made the assumption that you're big. Therefore, you're eating a lot. And I'm not promoting being big. Definitely not. That's not that's not the intention. But the thought process is you can be big and you can be healthy and you can be big, but you're not eating, you know, you're not eating fast food and you're not eating chips and all that sitting in your house obviously we were eating home cooked very good clean food right yeah i'm just thinking about my childhood right right i was just gonna ask you it's very different from yours weirdly yeah but it makes sense and this is i guess this is how i obviously a guy and i remember being a very skinny scrawny little baby and i think i was fairly skinny and scrawny and as my mom would say like quote-unquote a gecko so i think that was me all the way up to we came to zambia and maybe for like the first year or so yeah but after that i think i i remember just being a bigger kid and i grew into this height probably in like middle school and high school but so for the longest time i think i a good part of my childhood i was at least tall so it kind of like evened out in some sense but i always did feel like i was a fat kid for all those folks who have an issue with being called fat, completely understand this might be a trigger warning, but I'm comfortable calling myself fat and, yeah. and that's okay for me. So I was always a fat kid and I think people would kind of pass comments on it, but I don't think to the extent that you experienced, yeah. I don't really think aunties and uncles would like go to my mom 
and tell her that I am gaining too much weight and I need to go on a diet and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, maybe some like close family members might say something like that, but I really don't think it was that. It was to that extent that my mom was constantly getting people coming to her and saying that, oh, I'm a fat kid and whatnot. No, I think she always also just felt like as long as you're active, you're fine, right? So also because when we were growing up, we didn't really have the culture of like or, or the means to be eating out so often, right? It was a luxury, right? It was a luxury. I was just thinking the way we cook paneer at home now, me and you. <laughs> Bro, yeah. we would eat that once in like two, three months when we go out I for a I think that's why we overcook it now, dude. Right, because we never <laughs> had it as kids as often, yeah. right? So I yeah. think like I remember eating a lot of like not even junk food, but good like restaurant food when we'd go to restaurants once yeah. in a while, right? But at home, it would always be like very healthy, like home good food. healthy, borderline boring, but delicious like South Indian food, which... You know, traditional food everywhere, I think, doesn't really tend to be very fatty or, or unhealthy. Yeah. But that's what we grew up eating. And I think for me, I was also very active as a kid. So I felt good about myself. But I also noticed that my mom had a very different experience, mm -hmm. right? Um, my mom grew up being, a, being more on the heavier side since yeah. she was probably a teenager. And so I think she's experienced a lot of these kinds of comments and a lot of the trauma that comes along with this. So sometimes I always, you know, to some extent felt like my mom was being a bit harder on me mm -hmm. than even the rest of society or anyone else who really even cared to pass comment, mm -hmm. right? Obviously, you have the isolated random uncles and aunties who are like, hey, Bharat, how are you? Wow, you've become so fat, huh? What are you <laughs> eating in college? That's all great. You know, I think we can deal with that. But I think that was the extent of, like, I think the community passing comments on my body as a, as a fat guy. Yeah. Right? For me, I always felt the pressure coming from my mom. My mom was always like, you know, very you hard on to, you. Yeah. She was always like, I know what it's like to be a big person in the society. And I don't want you to go through that. Now, granted, her experience as a woman is different than mine as a man. But I always felt like a lot of her traumas, I think, definitely passed on to me when I was when I was definitely younger. Because I remember my mom like having to deal with comments from family members saying she's fat and cracking jokes about her being fat and cracking jokes about her, like, you know, her health issues being related to her being fat. My mom went on Sure Slim as well. And this was like in her, in her late 30s, <laughs> she was going on Sure Slim as well and trying to lose weight and could never really. Everybody lose that was weight. fat in Zambia at that time was on Sure Slim, yeah. including 12 year old me, which is just pathetic. It's, it's really, it's really <laughs> sad. And I think it yeah. all comes back to some extent to how our communities see what it's like to be fat. I think our community's perspective on what beauty is. And yeah. ironically, not that many people in our community even meeting these same beauty standards that we all kind of like believe to your core. So maybe we'll take a break before jumping into the next part. But I think we should talk about what the social stigmas are around being, being a big person and being a fat person. So Bharat, you know, a big part of us being bigger people, and I know you're comfortable with the word fat, I use mm -hmm. it less often, mm -hmm. um, is we feel or we are made to feel a certain way because of all the social stigma that we are surrounded by. Right. So what do you think the social stigma is of being a big person? It's a very complex topic, right? It's a very complex issue. But for me, I think growing up in Zambia, you got to, to some extent, see two somewhat different perspectives on being big. In our Indian communities, there's this kind of fetishization almost of the skinny, tall, thin, female, fair-skinned body, right? right? And to some extent, it's the same thing with the male too. It's like you need to be thin, you need to be a bit like fit muscular, or, or muscular. Fit. right right that's what you see in bollywood movies that's what you see on on tv that's what you see on tv commercials on beauty products that's all you see right and that's not just in india that seems to be the case everywhere else really the whole you know? world yeah when have you turned on the tv and seen a a somewhat average bodied looking person as the main character 
you, you I really think don't. now more so people are being more aware. But yeah. when we were growing up, that wasn't the case for sure. Yeah. And I'm glad our children in the future will have at least a wider audience or wider perspective, social viewpoint, perspective right? Yeah. On w- normal, quote unquote. Yeah. People. What normal is, right? And this question of what is normal? What is an average body? What is a beautiful body? I think those things you just need to maybe look at the Zambian perspective and the Indian perspective. Now, in both these communities, there's a lot of fat phobia. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of making fun of people who are bigger, but more so in the Zambian community that I have personally experienced, there is a sense of being big is beautiful. Being curvy is something that's more desirable than, you know, being skinny and flat and whatever those things are. Now, that I feel like to some extent can be an overcorrection, right? But there's definitely more of an appreciation for bigger, curvier men and women. So in places like Zambia, it feels like being fat is almost a compliment (laughs) because you must be doing well you must be uh-huh. eating well, you must be rich, or you must be happily married that you're yeah. gaining weight, right? Because yeah. if you're poor, you just don't have access to good food, right. right? Whereas somewhere in like the US, it feels like if you're poor, you have access to only fast food. You right. have only have access to unhealthy food. So I think that is a bit of a difference from you know how things work in, in at least in Africa versus here, right? right? Here, obesity is a problem. You know, people don't have good, healthy food that they can access. People are currently living in food deserts. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't have good grocery stores that they can go and get cheap, available food at. Not everyone can do that, right? So the poorer people generally tend to be more obese, generally tend to have health issues that come with obesity. Whereas in Zambia, when I was growing up, it felt like if you were a bigger, like chunkier man, like damn, dude, you're doing good. You're happily <laughs> married, you know, like you're feeding, yeah. you're being fed well by your wife. Not, you know, it's misogynistic <laughs> to some extent, but yeah. you know, yeah. you're happy. You're, you're doing good. Same thing with a woman. If you're big, if you're curvy, like you are more desirable in some circles. Now, I also grew up where I was sometimes bullied for being bigger, mm-hmm. right? And people would always crack jokes about fat people. And that's just, that's what, that's also there, right? Not saying yeah. that that doesn't exist. But I don't think it exists as much in Indian circles as I thought it did in Zambian circles. So at I least think the, the appreciation for being bigger is more in the Zambian circle. There seems to be because some appreciation. Yeah, for the it accept- in some yeah, circles. I felt very accepted in the Zambian circle for sure. Yeah, and in the Indian circle, you know, if you are big, there is a problem. You right. need to be. And you know, the irony of all of this, Barth, yeah. is the people that had an opinion on you didn't have that ideal skinny, no, I- tall, fair body image it's that's the irony it's those people who had a big opinion on you all those relatives and aunties and whoever they had the opinion but they were really not meeting the standards that they were calling me out on or you know other people out on you know I agree and I think you know I do want to empathize because I feel a lot of people who do bully are people who are bullied themselves or were bullied themselves a lot of people that traumatize others tend to be people who carry a lot of trauma themselves And I think it's this kind of toxic cycle in our communities where all we're exposed to in terms of beauty standards and health standards are kind of like the picture perfect, whatever is like one or 2% of natural human beings, however they would be, is what's being portrayed as what everyone should be. And so none of us really meet those standards, or at least very few of us meet those standards. And the rest of us have to work twice, three times, four times as hard to be able to meet those standards because we just don't have a good understanding of what health and beauty is, right? I think we kind of misunderstand what being big means. A lot of us automatically relate being big to... Unhealthy. Yeah, not just unhealthy, but you made certain decisions in order for you to become big. Not that, hey, you are just naturally a big person. And so you need to work three or four times as hard to maintain a certain body as someone else. I think if we saw it from that perspective... It would be different, but I, we don't see it as 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 the communities that we grew up in, right? We no. beauty standards is a very like narrow window of what human beings naturally exist. And throw in now, Barth, with having social media and little kids having yeah. access to social media, mm-hmm. plus also all the editing, Photoshop, filtering, 
do all of that and literally no one looks that perfect and yeah. it's that is okay yeah that you know and that's what i think is our society doesn't you know people are feeling insecure people are having more mental health issues now people are going for therapy for this because you're looking at social media and looking at body images and body standards that you're trying to meet but yeah. you're never going to attain that and accepting that you know your body is okay the way you are as yeah. long as you feel comfortable and as long as you're healthy right then that's okay but our society's not giving that space or allowing it i th- i think there's just a lot happening that to navigate through that space and being a kid right now mm-hmm. probably is more complicated i agree i think just in general right I, we were exposed to media portraying beauty standards yeah. by the movies that we would watch which is what <laughs> once a week by the the magazines that we read i don't remember the last time i picked up a magazine right but maybe as a girl you picked up more beauty magazines than i did yeah. but the, we kind of were exposed to things on a bit more of a of a covered kind of passive level but now as you mentioned it's with everything on your fingertips and with kids having phones at a much younger age than we had phones right and what we could even access with our you know Nokia 3310s yeah. i think like this issue is just going to become more and more magnified and i think you can see that to some extent right as much as yeah. there is a bit more conscious content out there it's really hard to parse through a lot of the stuff that just isn't accurate with the stuff that is maybe a bit more realistic and healthy but that that is a good point i think we didn't have to deal with those issues but kids growing up now have to deal with that But think about it Bart the social stigma of being a big person hasn't changed in decades. Yeah. How yeah. how your mom felt when she was in her 20s yeah. to how we're feeling now and how the future generation will feel mm-hmm. or are currently facing and feeling is still the same. And Yeah. That in itself is a problem. And I think people need to educate themselves more on you know, our people people can naturally be bigger. You can be big boned and wide. Right. And be taller and bigger but still work out and be healthy and that's okay and i think people have a hard time accepting that yeah i think we fundamentally misunderstand what being big means and what being healthy means right i think we look at other people and pass judgment in our commu- indian communities immigrant communities it yeah. feels like it's a bit easier to do right pass mm-hmm. judgment on other people especially if we don't go through it ourselves for yeah. example i've had conversations with with a lot of my quote unquote skinnier more fit friends. Yeah. And when we've had honest heart to heart conversations, it always comes down to yes, I believe you are fat because of the decisions that you have made. Right? And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who are listening to us now will probably agree with that statement. You are fat because you choose not to work out. You yeah. are fat because you are okay being unhealthy. you are fat because you like you want to be lazy as opposed to going and working on your body and working on your health right somehow if you don't go through it yourself it's hard to understand it because of all that conversations with bigger people and they're just like man i have a healthy lifestyle i am healthier than than other people that i know but this is what my body is or yeah. hey man i went on this crazy weight loss journey i lost so much but I tried to come back to a somewhat of a sustainable lifestyle and boom I started gaining weight again right and it's really difficult for people who maybe don't go through it themselves to empathize and I think in our community there's a lot of people who could empathize but yeah. when that beauty standard has kind of been like ingrained in you throughout at some point you accept defeat you accept your failure to achieve it but yeah. you still kind of propagate that beauty standard on other people Yeah. Right? And I think that happens a lot in our communities. The one point that I do want to end on this topic is that ultimately you cannot judge somebody in our society that they're fat. There's a lot of reasons that they could be or right. bigger rather, you know, right. and it's not because they're sitting on a couch. Maybe yeah. they are and that's their choice and that's okay too. If that's what yeah. they're choose choosing to do. But if they're trying to work out and try to be healthy and they're still a certain way we need to be accepting of that too and normalizing that i completely agree but i also don't want the conversation to always revert to do you sit on a couch or do you not right. sit on a couch that's not of anyone's that's, business it's not not just anyone's business it's just plain wrong you're looking at the problem from such a narrow lens that you're you're, you're ignoring all the other reasons why someone's body can be the way it is 
So right. one thing that I do appreciate about quote unquote contemporary wokeness is the sense <laughs> of if I don't understand it, I'm going to hold passing comment. I can pass judgment in my mind, but I'm not going to pass comment because that comment yeah. can have a negative impact on someone else, especially if I know that I don't quite understand what it is that they're going through. Right. right. So I think if people just take a moment to ask, okay, what what prejudices am I attaching as soon as I see this fat person who's coming to sit next to me on a flight? What prejudices yeah. am I attaching as soon as I see this fat person who's coming in for an interview as opposed to the blonde white chick who's sitting in the in the in the hallway waiting to be interviewed? Right. right. I think these stereotypes automatically creep in and that also impacts how how far like fat people go in society or how far like bigger people or non non-conventionally beautiful people go in society. Right. But I I'll put a pin on that for us to kind of bring bring up later on. Um but I I do want to ask a few personal questions once once we come back to this conversation. So Raksha, I, I know we've kind of hypothesized on how society looks at being being bigger and health standards and beauty standards. And I suspect we probably digressed a little bit, but I did want to ask you, kind of change gears a little bit and ask you about your personal journey and your personal perspective, how, how you view your own body, how you view your own journey and being, being bigger, trying to achieve a more health, healthy lifestyle. Um, so let me ask you this. What frustrates you the most about being in your body? Ooh. Well, if you asked me this question two years ago, mm -hmm. I think I'd have had a long list of things that I was frustrated about. I think I'm sitting today in a very different mindset that I feel the most comfortable I've ever felt in my body now. Mm. But when I look back, I just always felt that I didn't fit society's way of how I should have looked. And so that really frustrated me is like, why am I just big built? Why am I wider? Why am I, you know, why couldn't I have had taller legs or, and I feel like I'm pretty tall. So, uh, but I used to be really frustrated about just being, if I was always thinking, even if I was big, even if I was fatter or bigger, if I had a smaller frame, then if I lost weight, it would look different, mm -hmm. you know, and I had all those kind of frustrations two years ago or like till two years, my entire life pretty much. But I think now I sit in a position of feeling very comfortable with the way I am. So in hindsight, when I look back, I'm like, wow, they were worries. And those were real frustrations and sadness yeah, and anger. Sometimes it's like, yeah. you know, you shouldn't be eating that another slice of pizza, but you're like, oh, I don't care anymore. You know, you're kind of given up and that's where I felt, but mm -hmm. I feel Less frustrated today, so I feel really good. That's you know? good. Yeah. 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 What yeah. about you, Barth? What frustrates you about being in your body? I think the most frustrating thing about being in this amazing body that I'm in, <laughs> I, I, and I mean that in like not as a joke or not to be a, a, a narcissist, but I Sassy think as, boy. <laughs> as you mentioned, it is a journey to like to accept you for who you are and to love yourself and to also be healthily critical on on what you can do. But for me, I was a very active kid. Mm -hmm. I was a very active teenager. I was a student athlete. I played multiple sports. Um, and I always felt like I had a very active lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, but to be honest, I, I am pretty much at the same weight that I am, I am since I came to college. And for yeah. me, that's very frustrating because... As a student athlete, you work out a lot. You put in yeah. the work, you kind of work on your skill set, you work on your craft, and you put in so much time into being good at a particular sport mm -hmm. that you don't have a choice but to be physically pushing your body to its limits, right? But I always felt like it was always so difficult for me to lose weight. Mm. So whenever my health journey pivoted more on my one metric of losing weight and one metric of looking at the scale, it just never happened for me, right? There've yeah. been multiple times when I've spent, you know, consistently months or even years hitting the gym and it just never, and it's not like I don't know how to work out, right? Like you get, you kind of forced to learn how to work out and understand your body and push your body yeah. to its limits. But 
it just was always so frustrating. I would be with my peers who were also on the basketball team and you could see the progress in their bodies. Right. And like, you're like, damn, they're killing it, right? But you're in the gym with them a lot of the times and you don't see that on your own body, yeah. um, at least not on the scale. That becomes very frustrating. But that's something I've kind of learned to appreciate about my body for what it is. Um, I always had a difficult time losing weight but thankfully, in the in like the cycles of life, when you're doing really well health wise, and then you kind yeah. of are doing really crap because other priorities take precedence, I kind of you're able also, to maintain it. I wasn't gaining ridiculous amounts of weight. My body yeah. just wasn't working that way, right? So in yeah. that sense, I'm uh, you know it, it's it's a good thing and a bad thing, but it is yeah, a frustrating thing that over the years, it's something that it's like a hard, It's really hard to move that point on the scale. Right. And I think this is where me and you really differ or disagree yeah. on and have yeah. a very different viewpoint is that coming from your side of always feeling frustrated where I didn't see the shift in the scale, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I realized you are what you eat. Mm. So you can work. I think working out, this is my perspective. I think working out is a very good mood enhancer, keeps your heart rate going. And I love working out. Now I cannot not, not have a day that I haven't moved my body. It's mm. become a habit. But what I've realized about this whole, if you are looking at the scale, if you're not, then it's fine. You know, you continue yeah. being healthy, eat, eat as healthy as you can. Don't track what you're eating. Walk, do something, move your body, right? Yeah. But this is where I, where I feel like we have differing viewpoints is I think if you are consciously trying to lose weight, then you really need to be watching what you're eating. And unfortunately, you need to be on a calorie deficit. So right. you need to be eating less so that your body can use the existing fat. I don't know the science behind it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but to eat, you know, to kind of use up what you already have, the resources that you already have in your body. So I know this is where you, where I was hardcore doing this um, yeah. at, at yeah. some point. And then, you know, where, and that's where I was challenging you. You're not seeing this change in the scale is maybe yeah, because- I think we have had, we have had conversations about this because we have been on different health journeys, right? I right. think it may be a if I'm being very honest with you, it may be a defense mechanism to be like, I know my body, I yeah. know my body isn't going to do this because I've tried. Yeah, I come to a conclusion based off that, so I don't have to keep having this argument with myself in my mind. You're right? accepting I don't have to, it, Barth. Yeah, so, and that is keep, okay. I don't have to keep pushing myself. You know, like, ah, you know, I've tried. I've, I've hit the gym four times this week. You know, I've done it consistently. I've been waking up yeah. at five in the morning and working out for an hour and a half before going into work. Like, those things are in your mind. And then you have the other voice of like, but it's not showing up on the scale. You know, like, it's not showing up on the scale. So you're not yeah. doing, you're really not doing anything, yeah. you know? And that keeps, that keeps coming. So I think at some point you have to, you have to put in the work to understand your body. Yeah. Right. Or you have to find a professional who can help explain to you how your body works. Yeah. Right. But don't listen to what what media tells you or what society tells you, because your our bodies are more complex than any kind of beauty metrics that we can check off on a box. Right? I really like what you said about don't go off of what media tells you or what mm -hmm. you know what other people are doing what other people are doing necessarily won't work for you and I think right. I have firsthand experienced that because when I decided one day that I'm going to get on a health journey I automatically went to all the resources looked up what people are doing and I tried to follow a pattern of what other people are doing and I could see that their progress was sometimes slower than mine or sometimes mm -hmm. faster than mine and I'm thinking why isn't that working for me? Right. What I think all of us are so unique that you, you're right. You have to find out what works for you. You can, Bart, maybe even go on a calorie deficit and maybe you will just never lose the weight. We don't know until you, you do do that. You know, there's like checking off all of those list of things that you could try. Right. But right. it's not a one shop manual for everybody. Right. Right. Ultimately. Yeah. And, and I do want to, you have mentioned, you know, how your view on your body was different a couple of years back. Yeah. And we haven't really had that conversation of what your health journey looked like, particularly these transformative two years of your life. Yeah. Um, and I do want to have that conversation on the record. But before that, I did want to ask you, what about your body makes you happy? Now that maybe it's because now you're in this after this two year transition period, but what what about your body right now makes you happy? I love this question um, because, you know, it, this is a time to appreciate what your body can do. And honestly, your body is so resilient. That's what I've learned mm -hmm. is that you can bounce back 
And I, I feel happy when I'm able to do the hardest hikes of my life. Mm -hmm. I'm able to walk up and say, Oh, I summited something, you know, or I, I work out all the time and I, I can do it. I don't feel tired and my body is allowing me to do it. So I respect my body because my body's a lot. I'm, I'm able to do that. And I'm able to feel really good about myself for myself from, you know, just for me. Yeah. And that's what makes me happy about my body that being able to do all those things that I thought I could never do. I told myself in my young, in my early twenties, Raksha, hiking is not for you. You mm -hmm. hate hiking. Mm -hmm. You know, I believed it. I told myself that so much that I thought, oh, I don't like anything to do with the outdoors. Right. I hate hiking. I hate walking. I hate biking. I've told myself this is not for me. Convince myself. Then you're like, oh, I can actually do all of these things. And you're really, you respect your body so much. And you're like, whoa, that makes me so happy that I'm able yeah. to do it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what really makes me happy about my body now today. Mm. What about you, Bharath? I, I feel kind of crap saying this answer after you gave a, a a uh, much more in-depth intellectual answer about your body. Well, <laughs> I, it may be vain, but I kind of just like that I am a big cuddly guy. Not, oh, not that, I love that. You know, I, I do feel like it is a part of my character. I, yeah. I don't necessarily mean that I want to be this like overblown obese guy. I just mean like, I like that I'm tall and I like that I have a pot belly and I like that I am a bit of a chunkier guy. And, yeah. I, and I'll say this, I do feel that even more strongly when I'm back home in Zambia. Yeah. It genuinely feels like people look at you a bit differently. Here, yeah. I get the sense that people look at me as, and maybe a lot of this is internalized, it probably is. Probably, but probably. I think there's a lot of stereotypes and prejudices around big people and big guys. And, you know, in Zambia, it feels just slightly different. So yeah. I would say the thing I do like about my body is maybe the very thing that's given me, you know, stress and anxiety and all that crap is being a big guy. So I, I do appreciate that some days. <laughs> the way you are, this is my opinion. You also come off for me personally, from all of our life experiences, very approachable, very down to earth. It's just something about it, right? It's just something about, but you could have also been a skinny guy and maybe been like that. I have no idea, but I can't, I can't picture that that way, <laughs> but I do see you as yeah. more, you know, you're going to get it. You're going to understand my struggle. I don't know if you're going to understand my struggle. If you looked a different way, And ironically, my husband's a skinny guy or, you know, lean. <laughs> Um, skinny legend. <laughs> skinny legend. <laughs> so I know we touched on it a little bit in the past couple questions, but Raksha, we haven't had this conversation on the record. And I think it is a really important, significant and even inspirational story, what you've been able to do the past couple of years and kind of figure out your body and how it works and how to kind of make it work for you. You know, I, I think as anyone who is big can attest, we all go on some kind of a, a health journey and it's usually in cycles. It usually lasts a good chunk of our lives. Um, so I know me and you have had multiple kind of workout sessions whenever we're together, yeah. multiple like early morning runs whenever we're together. So I feel like we've kind of been in each other's lives when we're trying to figure out what works for us. Um, but the last two years have been very, very different. It feels like you've figured out your body. And so I want to hear more. What, what's, what has that journey been like for you? I think it's been the best journey that I've ever done for myself. Mm. And this is crazy. You know, when you were pre my current weight or pre how my lifestyle was, if you asked me two years ago, I would have said, I'm so happy. Stop telling me what to do. I'm not going to lose weight. This is who I am. But now that I'm sitting on the other side, it's a lot of self-control and a lot of giving up things that you love, but learning to balance that. And I'm really happy that I did this whole health journey or this weight. I wouldn't call it a weight loss because I think I've just made it into more of a lifestyle now for myself. But I think there was a trigger for me, Barth. I think being a girl, you know, when I was getting married, there's a lot of pressure of I have to lose weight, I have to do it yeah. a certain way, I have to look. And it was so much pressure mm -hmm. that when I didn't reach my goals, like I was eating healthy and I was working out, but I wasn't, I didn't find that, I didn't find that 
process for myself then. It was not the time is what I tell myself. Everything needs to happen at a certain time. And it didn't happen when I ideally wanted to. Now I look back, do I care about it? Not really. I did at that time. And I think after all that happened, the pressure after I got married, I, the first thing I told Rahul is I am so excited not to be on a diet and not to care about what other people think of how I look because now I'm married. Mm -hmm. That was my token. And so I kind of let go of myself a little bit. I would say that was, I was being rebellious again and I was harming myself in the process, but I think it was my reaction to being so stuck by what other people thought of me or how I was just being on this diet for like a crazy year and it was like nothing worked out. What am I doing? And I had a trigger at the end of like 2019 where I, you know, I heard of people like passing away, things like that. And I just told myself, okay, my dad told me something. He said, Raksha, you know, for you, it'll be easy. Cause whenever everyone's like, oh, lose weight, otherwise, you know, you'll die young. That's also something that really annoys Damn, me. That's dark. I know. But yeah, you know, he just told me, you know, do it for us, you know, do it because if you go away or you die, you, we're all going to be sad. And I was like, okay, no, this is also not something that's going to motivate me to lose weight. Mm. And then there was a point where I thought I need to just do it for myself. Like yeah. this, what I'm trying to get to is no one can tell you to lose weight because you're not going to do it at that point. It has to come from yourself within. And when I decided one day that I'm going to do it, I didn't tell anybody. I just told, told Rahul that, Hey, we're not going to eat anything crappy. I don't want to feel like eating unhealthy food. I'm just going to go to the gym. I'm going to do it. But that's all I did. I just started small and I started eating within some calorie restrictions that I put for myself. I made up an arbitrary number and I just drank a lot of water. I walked. I started slowly going to the gym and then it got exciting. It started becoming game. I was like, whoa, I'm losing weight. Oh, I've lost five pounds. Oh, I lost 10 pounds. Oh, whoa, I lost 50 pounds now. So something's working. Oh, I've lost 70 pounds. Whoa, what's working? You know, so I think it got exciting because I got more energy. Mm. Suddenly I'm not having these random back pains or headaches or things like that. I experienced a lot before and it got exciting. And I think that was it for me. And I remember we would meet up for dinner and you're like, yo, you're not going to eat dinner again. That's yeah. when I realized, I think it's hindering my lifestyle where mm. I'm over. And it was easy to do it during a pandemic. We didn't really have any social um, things to attend. Yeah. None of yeah. that. Right. So it was easier to do it. But uh, I remember you telling me, you're like, really, you're not going to enjoy this today. And I was like, maybe I should kind of think about this and revisit it. So then there came a point where I revisited what I was doing. And now it's more a lifestyle. Now it's more like I'm not really tracking my calories. I'm not really. So actually, I wanted to ask you, right? What yeah. what were you doing that worked? Were you were you actively tracking calories in a way that you hadn't done before? Were you yeah. kind of ramping up your workout routine in a way you hadn't done before? I guess like what what exactly worked for you? I think both. So I definitely tracked my calories. Everything I ate, I put it on my fitness pal. It's a free app. I just put it on there every night. It was a routine when I went to bed. I would write down everything I ate to the gram and because I would weigh out what I was eating. Mm -hmm. And then I would also put how many minutes I worked out. I had a Fitbit mm -hmm. um, that would kind of tell me the calories I burnt, you know, calculated. Yep. And uh, and I remember Bart, that got us all excited because we would go on more. It was more about being active, too. We, we mm. would go on bike rides and we would go on walks or runs. And those were fun things to do over the summertime. Yeah. So but yeah. the biggest thing I think I realized it wasn't really about me working out. For me, what worked was you are what you eat. That mm. statement worked for me. So even if I went without working out, working out helped with toning your body for me. Like mm. not, I'm just using it. That will be the way I would look at it. Okay. But eating was what really helped with the number on the scale going down. Mm. Uh, but I think they reached a point where I was frustrated. I've been on a plateau for a while now. Yeah. And I yeah. think this goes back to you asking me what frustrates you most about my body is yeah. I am frustrated that I am at a plateau and I really don't know what to do. And I think I've been doing the same thing for so long that my body is like, all right, 87 pounds is all you can lose, Raksha. We're yeah. done now. Yeah. And it's frustrating, but I've also honestly accepted it. It's not, it doesn't bother me. I'm happy where I am. I'm just going to continue it, but what I'm doing. Do you still feel like at this point where you're plateaued, do you have the same level of motivation? Has that impacted, you know, your current lifestyle and your current health routine, not being able to see the scale move? Initially, yes, mm. I was frustrated. I was really frustrated. I was like, oh, screw this. I don't I can't keep this up. But when you're being on this 
eating healthy and like moving lifestyle, mm-hmm. I'm crazy that I would ever say that is that you kind of miss it. So mm. this became such an important part of my life that it didn't really matter. See, the thing is, when I was intensely doing it, I don't think I ate pizza or I ate any right. unhealthy. Do I allow that in my life? No, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, and do I feel guilty about it? Not at all. I used to, mm-hmm. but not at all. But I was initially demotivated. I was just like, I give up, you know? And there was, I think a couple of days where I'm like, okay. And a couple of weeks where I'm like, well, this is not happening, but I've been at this weight now for a couple of months. So Mm -hmm. I am at the point where I'm just going to do what I'm doing. I'm just going to eat right. And I'm going to move my body, but the motivation level still is there. I think I'm hoping somewhere that something would happen and I would lose some weight, but you know, I'm I'm, I'm also happy where I'm at. Mm -hmm. I'm at. I'm really glad to hear that. And to some extent, I feel like I've swindled the fans a little bit with kind of hyping up how much we disagree on the topic. But I think the heart of what me and you used to disagree on is the whole counting calories and not not giving yourself even an inch to kind of prioritize anything else or, you know, just completely focused on eating the small portion and that's it, no matter what. And if it worked for you, it works for you, right? As much as I have disagreed with you, yeah, I would like to think I always got to a point where I, say, where I felt like I would still support you no matter what you did. <laughs> yeah. But I think I was always worried of it getting to a point where you can't enjoy food, right? And, and food is so important Food me. For me and you, yeah. and this is, this is the thing that really kind of like, not scared me, but the thing yeah. I want to kind of push back on to see if you're actually really happy Or you're getting to a point where like, damn, you're sacrificing food, you're sacrificing all these other priorities and like you're counting calories and your scale isn't moving. And you're getting to that point where you're like, I'm doing all of this and the scale has stopped moving. You know, I I was worried that it would get to a point where it would start affecting you mentally. But I am really glad to hear that you kind of are at the point where you're like, this this is a good sustainable place and I'm going to keep it at that. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think everyone's journey is so unique that whatever works for me doesn't have to work for you. And again, as, as I mentioned before, this it has to come from within. I think mm-hmm. it, no one can tell you to do this. Right. That's the thing, because it takes a lot. It, take, it takes two years of my life. It's taken two years of my life and more for me to reach where I am. It, and it so, took you 28 years to get to those two years where you figured it out. Exactly. Right? So I think it, it, it didn't take my mom yelling at me, mm-hmm. my dad telling me not to eat or anyone bullying me. None of that worked until yeah. I decided, you know, today is the day that I am going to change my life. And that was my choice. Mm-hmm. I did want to kind of talk through what our final thoughts on being a big person is and what it means to kind of have gone through the journeys that we have gone through. Um, and so I do want to say this. I think there's a there's a very prominent opinion in society that if you are fat, it's automatically you're not fat. So you're skinny, you're a skinny legend, you're working out, you're ripped mm-hmm. and all that. Or you're fat and like you're throwing your slob of fat on, on top of a car. Like you're, you're like extremely obese, right? There's no, yeah. there's no nuance in the conversation of where are you on the spectrum and also, how did you get here? What is the causes of you being fat? What are the decisions that you've made that could have helped or could have harmed? And what are the things that are out of your control? Yeah. And recently, I've been thinking a lot about this. And it may be controversial, but I'm just going to put it out there because like, it seems to make more and more sense the more I think about it. But I think we should think about people who are bigger. The way we look at people with disabilities, Right. And, and forgive me for not using the right term. I'm not sure what it is, but people who are differently abled, people who have different non-conventional bodies, yeah. I don't think society really goes to them and, and they shouldn't. Right. Society doesn't go to someone with ALS and says, hey, man, like do better. Get out of that wheelchair and like, try to walk at least like you're just allowing yourself to be unhealthy, like you're going to die young. Right. You're, you're just allowing this thing to take control of your life. Do something about it. Right? No one blames people with, with handicap issues or disability issues for having those disabilities. Now, I'm not saying everyone who is fat is just predetermined and predestined to be fat. But what yeah. I'm saying is they are genetics and things that are out of our control. We didn't make all the decisions that made our bodies the way they are. Right? Yeah. For a lot of us, it's genetics. For a lot of us, it's just how our body behaves. And for a lot of us, losing weight means fighting against what our body naturally wants to do. 
And so you have to find smarter ways to kind of try and work around it. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, hey, being fat is actually healthy, so don't listen to the haters. Like, no, I, I think there is a lot of... I'm, <laughs> If your doctor tells you you're diabetic, then maybe try to work on that. You yeah, know? like my if my doctor tells me I've got high cholesterol, I shouldn't just be like, hey, man, like if I wasn't fat, what would you tell me? Like, nah, bro, he did the blood test. He came out high <laughs> cholesterol. Do something about it, right? Yeah, yeah. But I do think that we shouldn't be blaming people for what their bodies are. Right. A lot of us can change our bodies as drastically, like as much as you've gone to through a two year transformation yeah. where you it feels like you have unlocked your body. Like someone who doesn't know that journey and just looks at you for the first time. Yeah. We'll call but you fat. We'll call you fat by today's beauty standards. Right. Yeah. It's only when they look at your before picture that they'll be like, wow, you lost so much weight. You look so good now. But yeah. According to like objective standards, yeah. like you can never lose that much weight, Raksha. Same way, like someone who is much bigger than you could never lose that much weight. And I think we need to be kind to the folks around us and kind of not just pass judgment on our own prejudices. And I think society does that a lot. Yeah. Picture in your mind a CEO of a company. He ain't fat. Yeah. <laughs> and most, most times out or not, he isn't a woman. Right. So we have all these prejudices that we attach to what being successful means in society. Right. And because we have these prejudices, we kind of also embody those prejudices when like we encounter other people. So I think it's important to kind of check yourself whenever you encounter someone who doesn't really fit into the average beauty standards yeah. or the average health standards. And I think that's my takeaway from this whole experience that I've had. You really can't know what someone else's story is. And so the best thing for you to do, hey, pass judgment, pass judgment in your mind. Like that's like do what you got to do, right? Like you can't take back a lot the of word it, you said. Yeah, a lot of it is passing judgment is natural to most of us, right? But you can kind of go against your natural instincts to make sure that you're not traumatizing other people and you're right. not putting your own prejudices as burdens on someone else's well-being. You nailed it. And I think at the end of the day, like you said, I think being kind because you really don't know what the other person's going through. And mm -hmm. I think respecting everyone for the way they are mm -hmm. and you know allowing people to be the way they are and not judging them is more than enough i think and that will that kindness will take anyone will make anyone happy i think at the end of the day because i don't want to hear from one more person hey you should lose weight or you should be healthy or someone judging me saying are you do you probably has all the health health things that she should have because she's so fat yeah. you know that's don't 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 judge yeah. and i think everyone has their own journey and the only thing I want to say is do it when you want to do it and do it for yourself. Don't do it because someone told you to do it because it's not going to stick. It's not going to work out. That's my experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it has to come from within and it has to be you. You want to respect yourself. So if you respect yourself the way you are, that's OK. If you want to respect yourself and feel like you want to be healthier, then do something about it. But you have to do it for yourself. Ultimately, society will always have an opinion or a viewpoint on how you should look and how you should be. And you're never going to make everyone happy. We all know that, right? We know that we're not going to make anyone happy, everyone happy. So yep. make yourself happy. Hope you enjoyed the conversation, folks. Find us on twosuitcasespod.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for unpacking with us.